God maker. Welcome to SealingGodsPeople.org. Yes, that's right. You heard it right. Sealing God's People. Dennis Spirit Ministries here talking to you on the 19th of January, 2019. We had a visitation from the Lord Jesus. We were in Transmara, that's Gilboras, Kenya, Africa. And after preaching to a Messiah tribal church, them doing uh, uh, their tribal colors and doing their African dances, uh, giving honor to our Lord Jesus Christ. Then coming out of that service, about after four hours of ministry, we come out and crossing a bark ditch going downtown, Gilgoris and Transmara, the Lord visited us. And he said, seal my people by my word. Because the angel was sending out the east heaven to seal the living God, so he sent out you. It shook us up. Shook us up, neighbor, to the point that we take this very seriously as to the time, the present truth of the proceeding word of God from the throne of our Lord Jesus. And that's what we'll be doing and talking today and sealing God's people. And that is a Go to the website there, sealinggodspeople.org, S-E-A-L-I-N-G-G-O-D-S-P-E-O-P-L-E.org, sealinggodspeople.org, dennisbeard.org, and see the truth there that God is revealing to his people now, preparing us for the time to come when we will face great things in the earth Oh, earth, 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 hear you the word of the Lord. We're going to start today in Ephesians 4, 12. And this is the call for all of us in the body of Christ. What do we call for? Well, certainly not just a warmer pew in a church. We're called to conform, to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. We understand that. For whom he did foreknow, them he did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. And those that he predestinated, them he called, them that he called he justified, and them that he justified he also glorified to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. Now there's a work there. There's a work, and of course it goes more than just uh, uh, born of the water and the spirit. We have to obey the Lord in obedience unto righteousness. So therefore there's going to be different stages of growth in the body of Christ. There, the first stage is going to be babes, newborn babes, desire than sincere muck of the word that they may grow thereby. But we're not going to say this babes long. There, which the babes are unskillful in the word of righteousness, as we see in the book of Hebrews, Paul talking. But then we go to that step, that first step there in the growth process. In 1 John 2, verse 12 through 14, we say, I'll write unto you little children. Because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake. I write to you, little children, because you have known the Father. Well, that is born again, born of the water and the Spirit. This is according to the birth. We find that in the high priest, uh, uh, garments of uh, uh, glory and beauty in Exodus 28. We find there that's an engraving of a signet, and that is according to the birth. Two onyx stones, one on the on the right shoulder and the other on the left shoulder of the high priest. And you will engrave with engravings of a signet. That's a sign 
Alaftav, the same sign that we see in Revelation 12. There is a great sign, a wonder in heaven. There a woman clothed with the sun and moon and under feet, and upon her head a crown of 12 stars. We're going to find that that woman is crying, travailing in pain to be delivered. And she delivers and brings forth a man-child caught up to God and to his throne. Throne room revelation. Well, the first step in that is uh, that being of birth. We find that in Exodus 28. uh, And uh, it's an engraving of a signet according to the birth. And you will engrave the 12 tribes, six on each of the onyx stones on the shoulders of the high priest. But that doesn't stop there. There is uh, the next work, the next glory. We're going from glory to glory. For God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power might be of God and not of ourselves. For the Lord is that spirit. And where the the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. We all with open face beholding as in a glass, the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Therefore, we must go on. We must press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Just as Paul said in Philippians, uh, there he said, I am not perfect, neither have I already attained, but I'm reaching forward to those things which are before, forgetting those things which are behind, trying to apprehend that of which I'm apprehended uh, of Jesus pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. As many as be perfect, be thus minded. And if you be any otherwise minded, God will reveal this even unto you. That's right, neighbor. You can and God expects us to come to perfection. We're going to see that in Ephesians 4. There's one body. There's one Lord, one faith. That one body one spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God who is above all, the Father of us all and in us all. And he gave some apostles and some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints. Now, we're not going to fall short of that. We're coming unto perfection. Not of our works, not of works, lest any man should boast, but through the leading of the Holy Ghost, guiding us into all truth. For God is going to present to himself the Lord Jesus, uh, looking for the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, there, a glorious church without spot, without blemish, that has made herself ready. It's a glorious church in the image of Jesus Christ. That is so essential that we must go on unto perfection. We find that in Hebrews 6. It says there, let us go on to perfection, not laying again uh, the first principles of the oracles of God, uh, the faith toward God, and and uh, uh, the resurrection, eternal judgment, uh, the doctrine of laying on the hands, uh, and the baptism, but let us go on to perfection. Well, it didn't say forgetting the first principles of the oracles of God, but leaving therefore. The first principles of the oracles of God let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of faith toward God, uh, repentance from dead works, the doctrine of baptism, laying on of hands, and the resurrection, eternal judgment. This will we do if God permit. So therefore, don't let anyone tell you 
that God is not calling us unto perfection. That is full maturity unto the measure, the stature of Jesus Christ, unto a perfect man. Jesus ahead, we the body. So there's different stages from glory to glory, from faith to faith. And that is uh, until we reach the measure of the stature of Jesus Christ in the literal image of Jesus Christ. There, it starts in different stages. John says in 1 John 2, 12 through 14, I write to you little children because your sins are forgiven for his namesake. And you've known the Father. That's your first step. That's the first stage of growth in the body of Christ. Your sins are forgiven for his name's sake. You have repented. And you've been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's born of the water and the Spirit. Acts 2.38, the promise of you until your children means to fall off, even through as many as the Lord our God shall call. Now, that is born again of the water and the Spirit. Do we stop there? Of course not. For who we yield, whosoever you yield, your members of servants to obey, him of the servants to whom you obey, Romans 6. Uh, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. Now grace reigns through righteousness. That righteousness is in John 16. Jesus said, I proceeded from the Father, came into the world, and I go back to the Father. He came from God, went back to God. That is righteousness. He'll prove the world. When the Holy Ghost comes, he'll reprove the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. Of sin, because they believe not on me, Jesus said. Of righteousness, because I go back to, I go to my Father. He came from the Father. He proceeded from the Father. That Spirit, the Father of glory, came into the world. God manifests in the flesh. First Timothy 3.16 that controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. God himself was manifest in the flesh. Seen of angels. Uh, believed on the world. Uh, there, uh, seen of angels. Uh, believed on the world. Preached to the Gentiles. Received up unto glory. First Timothy 3.16. That's God himself. Emmanuel, God with us. All the fullness of the Godhead dwelleth in Christ Jesus bodily. Colossians 2.9. Well, that's the first step. That's the first growth stage of little children. John said it in 1 John 2 in his epistle, verse 12 through 14. I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake. You're born of the water and the spirit. And you've known the Father. You've got the revelation that Jesus is the Father revealed. Jesus said, you've seen me, you've seen the Father. There in John 8, 13, they came to Jesus, the Pharisees, and said, Jesus, you bear record of yourself. Your record's not true. Jesus said, though I bear record of myself, my record is true. I'm not alone. I am the Father that sent me. He said, it's written in your law. The testimony of two men is true. I'm one that bear record or witness of myself, and my Father that sent me, he beareth witness of me. There's your two witnesses. Jesus and the body of his flesh. He beareth witness of himself and the father that sent him. He's that other man, that man that came from heaven. What is that? Not a fleshly man, because we find in John 3, 13, no man that's ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the son of man, which is in heaven, Jesus standing there talking to his disciples in shoe leather, stating that he was in heaven. Why? Because he is that spirit. 
He is the Father revealed. There, it said, they asked him in John 8 to 13 on, where is your Father? Jesus said, even the same to you that I said from the beginning. If you'd have known me, you should have known my Father also. And Jesus said, you're from beneath, I'm from above. You're of this world, I am not of this world. He's stating to them that he is that spirit. He is the Father of glory. He is that everlasting Father, the mighty God, Isaiah 9-6. Moreover, Jesus spake these words in the treasury. No man laid hands on him because his hour was not yet come. And moreover, Jesus said, I go my way. And whether I go, you cannot go. They said, where will he go? Where, where will he go? Will he kill himself? Maybe Jesus is going to kill himself and we can't go. Jesus said uh, there in John 8, 24, he said, uh, Except you believe that I am He, speaking of the Father, except you believe that I am He, you shall die in your sins. It is essential for the children that their sins are forgiven for His name's sake and they have known the Father. We have to know who Jesus is, that He is the Father of glory. John 8, 24 states it emphatically. Jesus said, except you believe that I am He, the Father, Lord, you shall die in your sins. John 8, 20, John 8, 27. This they understood not that Jesus spake to them of the Father. They still don't understand that today, except those that have been born again and know that Jesus is the Father. So that's the first stage of growth. I run to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake, and you've known the Father. But there's another stage uh, of growth, another stage of glory, another stage in a higher faith, growing exceedingly. Your faith groweth exceedingly, and the charity of every one of you abounding, one toward another, brethren. Just as Paul said in Second Thessalonians 1, that tribulation and persecution, which is a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God, that you might be accounted worthy of the kingdom of God, because your faith grows exceedingly, and the charity of every one of you aboundeth one toward another. This is what we're talking about in the growth stages in the body of Christ. Now, it's been 2,000 years, two days, or 2,000 years since the Lord's death, burial, the Lord's death, burial, and resurrection. We all know that. Every denomination in the world knows that. They believe in the death, burial, and resurrection. They, but different doctrines and dogmas and chismas, and now the Lord is going to bring his body unto the unity of the faith. Now, how do we know that? Because it states in Ephesians 4, verse 12, he gave some apostles, he gave some prophets, he gave some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints. For the work of the ministry, and we're going to be talking about that work, the work of the ministry, what it's going to be for you and I to be counted worthy to have that Jesus ministry that will be preached in all the world for a witness in all nations, and then the end will come. What does God expect? What is necessary to take part and have that body of Christ in the measure of Jesus that this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world for a witness in all nations, and then the end will come. And whosoever shall overcome to the end, the same shall be saved. It's a race. Don't we know that all runneth in a race? 
but only one winneth the prize. There is a work of the ministry for the perfecting of the saints. To what? To bring every born-again believer into the unity of the faith and to the knowledge of the Son of God. That's Ephesians 4.12. We have to see and understand our calling. What has God called you to do? Well, certainly not just to go to church, sing a few songs. There is a work of the ministry. Every member in particular in the body of Christ is called for the work of the ministry. And as God has fitly framed that body together as it has pleased him, God is now bringing the joints together. The bones must be the bone. Well, we have bones scattered all over the world. Different denominations, different chisms, uh, different believisms, uh, doctrines of dogmas and what they think is uh, what is the essentials of salvation and uh, what it takes to make heaven. Well, there's thousands of different denominations. So the Lord is going to do a work in the last days. It's a work of the ministry for the unity of the faith, to bring us into the unity of the faith. That is one body, one spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. God brings us all into one. Well, if somebody said, well, that'll have to be God. Well, it will be. That's God doing his work. And God knows what he's doing. That's what he said will, that, that is determined, will be done. There, the Lord said it. He said what he meant, meant what he said. There is the unity of the faith into the knowledge of the Son of God. Now, that knowledge of the Son of God is not just knowing him after the flesh. No more we know Jesus after the flesh. That was 2,000 years ago. The disciples walked with Jesus. As many as 500 brothers seen him at one time after after his resurrection. But we don't know him after the flesh now. We know him after the spirit. But this is not what he's talking about in the knowledge of the Son of God in Ephesians 4.12. It is not gnosko. Gnosko, gnosko is a Greek word saying that we have, we knowing Jesus after the spirit. If any man have not the spirit of Christ, he's none of his. Well, we must have that spirit, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Galatians 2.20, Paul said, I was crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life, life I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. He's crucified with Christ, buried with him in baptism, that the body of the sins of the flesh might be destroyed. And that is uh, Colossians 2.10 through 12. The body of the sins of the flesh destroyed by baptism through faith in the operation of God that raised him from the dead and that circumcision made without hands and that circumcision of Christ. You got that by baptism, taking on the name, invoking the name of Jesus, just like Paul did uh, uh, there on the Damascus road. As he was on the Damascus road and traveling there with papers in his pocket to persecute the church. And there had a zeal toward God, persecuting the church and those in the way. The Lord Jesus met him, a great light, knocked him down on the Damascus road. And Paul, being knocked down with this great light, said, Lord, who art thou, Lord? And he just said that in the Hebrew tongue. Because that he spoke to that at Hebrew because he was studying under the feet of Gamaliel. He knew the law, 
Paul was up the bench of tribe of Benjamin and knew that law uh, very, very uh, deeply. Revelation and that law of Moses because he had studied under the feet of Gamaliel and knew the Lord was to come, that there would be a Christ, there would be a Messiah, that would be God manifest in those days. But he did not believe it was Jesus. He had letters in his back pocket there to persecute the church and bind them and put them in prison that were in the way. During that time on the Damascus Road, he was knocked down by a great light. And he said, Who art thou, Lord? Who art thou, Lord Jehovah God Almighty? Who are you? The omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent God Almighty. Who are you? And he said, I am Jesus of Nazareth. It's hard for you to kick against the pricks, Paul. It blinded Paul. Now, here is a man. God speaks to him that he's going to be called, for example of long-serving, to the Gentiles, preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. He's now, here's a man that is not only knocked down on the Damascus Road, he's had the revelation of the name Jesus, that Jesus, Jehovah, is salvation, the very name, Jesus, Jehovah, is salvation. He knows he's the Lord Jehovah God Almighty, that he is nothing other than Jesus only, the blessed and only potentate who only have eternal life, everlasting life. He's got that revelation. And he's got the will of God for his life. He's called to preach. And not only that, he's blinded for three days. And Ananias comes to him and said, Brother Saul, I'm called that you might receive your sight. And there, at that point, he has seen God He's seen that great light and God is light. He asked, who are you, Lord? He has a revelation of the name of Jesus. He's known the Father now. He knows his calling, that he is called to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And four, he's going to receive his sight. And Ananias being sent to Paul, Saul of Tarsus, for him to receive his sight. And yet, he hasn't been born again. That's the reason why in the book of Acts that Ananias says unto Saul of Tarsus, later called Paul, Brother Saul, why tarriest thou? Arise and be baptized, calling upon the name of the Lord, washing away your sins. Now, neighbor, Paul was baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Acts 2.38, Acts 4.12 Acts 10, the house of Cornelius. All were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. We go to Acts 19. We have a bunch of Baptist folks there that's been baptized uh, there by John the Baptist with water unto repentance. But Paul said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? They said, sirs, we don't know whether there be any Holy Ghost. He said, then what were you baptized? Because baptism is definitely essential there to have your sins washed away. They're being baptized in that death of Jesus Christ. Under then, what were you baptized? Paul knew that 
Something was amiss. They should have already received the Holy Ghost, yet they did not have the Holy Ghost, and but they had believed. They said unto them, what, Paul said unto them, what were you baptized? How were you baptized? They said, unto John's baptism. Then Paul goes on and explains. Well, John truly did, John the Baptist truly did baptize with water under repentance, saying that you should look unto him that would come after him. And he preached to them Jesus Christ. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And Paul laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Ghost and spake in tongues and prophesied. Neighbor, there is what we're talking about, born again. Born of the water, born of the Spirit. We see that in Acts 19. And Paul himself, after not only seeing the Lord, Number two, the revelation of the name Jesus, knowing who Jesus is, the calling upon his life. He's going to preach the gospel to the Gentile world. And four, having his sight, the blindness returned, his sight restored, healed of his blindness, and still had to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, even as Ananias said to Brother Saul, Brother Saul, why there is that? Arise and be baptized. What that? In the name of the Lord, calling upon the name of the Lord and washing away your sins. Calling upon the name of the Lord. Paul was baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. There is the first stage of growth, that first glory, born of the water and the Spirit, as the breast of the high priest there, the garments of glory and beauty, that upon the shoulders of the high priest, the two onyx stones, according to the birth. That's your first stage. Just as John, in his epistle in 1 John 2, 12-14, says, I write to you little children, because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake, and you've known the Father. That's exactly what Paul received there, Saul of Tarsus, Paul on the Damascus Road. That's what you and I receive today with repentance and baptism in the name of Jesus Christ and receiving the Holy Ghost. Now, we're born of that water and the Spirit. That's the first stage of growth. I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake, and you've known the Father. Now, there's another stage of growth. Well, what is that next stage? 1 John 2, 12-14, John says in his epistle, I write unto you, young men, because the word of God is strong in you. Well, you have literally transformed the renewing of your mind. You have believed what Paul said in Romans 12, 1. I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God for you is. Well, the word of God is strong in you, young men. You went from little children to young men. The word of God is strong in you. And you have overcome the wicked one. Notice that John says, I write to you young men because the word of God is strong in you. I write to you young men because you've overcome the wicked one. The word of God is strong in you. You're an overcomer. Now you're young men. Well, this is now according to the work of the ministry. You're doing the will of God. We find that on the same in Exodus 28 upon that type there being the, that uh, uh, Jesus Christ there calling us 
for kings and priests until the Lord God, and we will reign in the earth a thousand years with him. That we see that in the high priest in Exodus 28. The first there, the first sealing, the engraving of a signet was on, according to the birth, on the onyx stones of the high priest on the shoulder of the high priest, the right and left shoulder, six names of the children of Israel on one stone, six names of the children on the other onyx stone on the other shoulder of the high priest, according to their birth. Now, we go to the breastplate. That's according to the work of the ministry. Their calling and each individual tribe had a different color. It's a different work. It's a different tribe. It's all following the Lord Jesus, but everyone will now have diversity, a different calling. The first stone we're going to see is that Sardius. It is an engraving of a signet. It's still a seal. And the second sealing is an engraving of a signet or a sign, a loftov. A signet is an S-I-G-N sign. And then an E-T, a loftov, which is the first and last letter of the Hebrew ABC diary in your longest chapter in your Bible, Psalm 119. Going from the Aloph, the first letter with eight verses, Beth, eight verses and under it, Gobble, eight verses and under it, the Hebrew ABC diary, 22 letters of that alphabet all the way from the Aloph to the Tav. There, that is the work of the ministry. There's diversity now. God has called each member in a different ministration, but the same spirit. God has called you for a work, not just to sit in a pew at a church and do nothing and give your tithe and offering and praise God and listen to a sermon on daily living. He's called you for a higher purpose, a high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Kings and priests of the Lord your God. Don't miss out on that. Because uh, the Lord is calling you. That's right. You. You that are listening. He's calling you for this work of the ministry. We have so many doors open right now in Africa. There's so many in India. Pakistan. Right there I had a minister uh, call me the other day. As right there in Karachi. 22 million people. And he said, uh, uh, Brother Beard, we want you to bring the real Jesus to Pakistan because there's a doctrine going around that Jesus Christ is not God, that he is not divine, that he is just a man, just a prophet. We want you to come. And if God moves on you and you believe this broadcast and you would like to take part in running souls, give us a call. Write to me, Dennis Beard, Post Office Box 2906, Longview, Texas, zip code 75606. Visit our website, DennisBeard.org. We're going. We've had over a 1,000 souls baptized in the name of Jesus Christ in Africa alone. That's in Ghana. Uh, that's, that's in uh, Kenya, in Nairobi, uh, Kasumu, the uh, Teshiman in Ghana. Uh, we've there in Katali, Eldorit, uh, uh, the, the different places in Africa. Now we've got over 25 churches calling for us in Uganda to bring this revelation of Jesus. We need your help. 
If God moves on you to give financially, I don't care how little or how great. If it's only a dollar or two and that's you can do, neighbor, God will bless you. Give us a call uh, there at 903-746-4885. Love to talk to you about it. There again, uh, the the post office box, 2906 Longview, Texas, zip code 75606. And there, org. You can contact us. We'd love to talk to you. Now, back to that. We're going to that next level, that level of the work of the ministry. Ephesians 4.12, that's what you're called for. You, in the body of Christ, no matter where you are in America, South America, Central America, in Europe, Asia, China, uh, in Africa, in, in the Philippines, in Nepal, in India, no matter where you are, God has called you for the work of the ministry. Not just to warm a pew, not just to listen to your pastor talk about daily living. He's called you for the work of the ministry. There is a high calling of God. It is God's calling upon you. These deep things of God that he hath not seen nor ear heard, neither hath entered into the heart of man the things that hath God, that God hath prepared for you that love him. But it's revealed by the Spirit, for the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. That is you. God has called you for these great, deep, secret things that he's now revealing in these last days before the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ without sin and salvation for the salvation of his saints. There, if you have an ear to hear, let them hear. There's your call. A great calling, a high calling, kings and priests unto the Lord your God. That's what you're called for. Not just salvation, go on to heaven and play a harp, but right there during the millennial, kings and priests, and you will reign with the Lord your God. Well, that's that work of the ministry. Before that coming of the Lord, this gospel of the kingdom must be preached in all the world for a witness in all nations, and then the end will come. It will be preached in fullness of power greater than the book of Acts, greater than Pentecost. It will be the final calling of the Lord Jesus upon this earth in the gospel of Jesus Christ, and you're called for it. Every individual believer is called for that. That is the work of the ministry of Ephesians 4.12, the work of the ministry and to the unity of the faith. God's calling all of us out of denominational chisms and catechisms and doctrines of dogmas into one true Bible body of Jesus Christ. The temple, no, you're not your body, it's the temple, Holy Ghost, you're not your own. Jesus is the head. You are the body of Christ. There, the work of the ministry, until the knowledge of the Son of God is a, not a gnosko, just knowing him after the Spirit, but it's coming into the image of Jesus Christ. Epi gnosko. Epi higher knowledge of the Lord in face-to-face glory with our Lord Jesus Christ. And coming to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Jesus uh, unto a perfect man. That's what you're called for. There's one more stage, one more level of glory, from glory to glory. That after you've done the will of God, after you have overcome the wicked one, and the word of God is strong in you, you've lived this this life of faith and overcoming this faith, this victory that overcometh the world, even the faith. Uh, and whosoever believe that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. 
and the victory that overcome the world, even your faith. That faith that you have added virtue, virtue you've added knowledge, knowledge you've added temperance, the temperance patience, and patience, godliness, 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 brotherly kindness, brotherly kindness, charity, and charity there, that love of God based in doing his will, not just love. Charity is not just love. Charity is the love for God based on uh, loving God and keeping his commandments, doing his will. For God worketh in you both the will and the do of his good pleasure. And we're uh, persuaded he's able to keep that which we've committed to him against that day. Knowing that the Lord Jesus will bring us all in and lead us all into all truth. And that is one final glory that the Lord is calling us for now. And that's what he spake to us there in sealing his people not by us, not of any of our righteousness or any of our holiness, but simply the word of God. And there in this word of God, there John is going to come to this final stage of glory. In Revelation 10, John hears seven thunders and he heard their voices and he was about to write. The seven thunders are the final understanding, revelation of the Word of God. You see, lightning is the effulgence. It's a revelation of the Word. We see the lightning. But then there follows thunders. Thunder is the understanding of that Word. It's the voice of that lightning. It's the voice that that lightning uh, creates. And we hear the thunder, and it's the understanding of the Word. The lightning, we have the revelation, then the thunder follows, that's the understanding of that word, and then their voices. Well, the voices is the individual instruction of God for each individual member. The voice of God, you'll know the voice of God. And uh, the time is coming and now is when those that hear the voice of the Son of God shall live. That is that present truth, revelation, throne room, flowing Word of God to you, that is the ministry voice of Jesus to prepare you and for you to do the will of God in his body. Every member in particular, the bones are scattered right now all over the earth. But right now, Ezekiel was told, can these dead bones live? Their bones okay, but they're dry. Well, we got to have that word, the word of God. And uh, he said, can these dead bones live? Ezekiel, can these dead bones live? Ezekiel means strengthened of God. And Ezekiel said, Lord, thou knowest. He said, prophesy over these bones. Prophesy over them. Preach over them. The word of God. Preach over them. And when he did, then the bones started gathering to bone. The the foot bone to the ankle bone, the ankle bone uh, to the leg bone, and etc. And the bones started coming together. And as he prophesied over the bones, then the flesh came on there, eating the flesh and drinking the blood of Jesus. And it stood up a great army. That's what God's doing right now in the sealing of the saints. He's doing it right now for those that have an ear to hear. There is John... John in the spirit of Elijah, just as John the Baptist forerun Jesus' first coming in the spirit of Elijah. And Jesus, uh, when he was on the Mount of Transfiguration come down, they asked Jesus, 
Why do the disciples of John, that is John the Baptist, say that Elijah must first come? Jesus said Elijah truly must first come and restore all things. That's the work of the ministry. He is a, it's a time in the spirit of Elijah of restoration. We have Acts 3.20 and 21 stating that the heavens must receive Jesus until the times of the restoration or restitution of all things. There's your Elijah ministry. Just as the Old Testament ends in Malachi 4, remember my servant Moses. Behold, I send you Elijah before the great and terrible day of the Lord come. Not during it, not after it, but before it. What is going to happen in this work of the ministry? What is this Elijah ministry? What is this John, Jehovah favored, in the spirit of Elijah that is to do in this work of the ministry that we're all called for? He will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the children to the fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. Well, fathers there is a small, lowercase f, fathers, And that is, though you have many instructors and many teachers, yet you have not many fathers. What are these fathers? 1 John 2, 12-14, again, John in his epistle tells us, I've written unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake, and you've known the Father. But then they grew. I write unto you, young men, because the word of God is strong in you, and you've overcome the wicked one. But then he said, I write unto you, fathers. There's the last stage, the last glory before the Lord comes. The second time without sin and salvation, before the second advent of God, our Lord Jesus Christ. He said, I write unto you, fathers, because you've known him that's from the beginning. Known him that's from the beginning. Who is the him? That him is the Son of Man. That him is... John 3.13, no man is up to heaven, but he came down from heaven, even the Son of Man, which is in heaven. It's the Word of God. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, the same was in the beginning. To know Him, that's from the beginning. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. To know Him, that's from the beginning, is to know the Word. From the beginning is to know that Son of Man revelation. He's the head. You are the individual body of Christ made up of many members, but one body that fills heaven and earth. One man from heaven and earth, a whole body in heaven and earth, name that name, Jesus. Jesus' name will be revealed in all the world, for witnesses and all nations, and then the end will come. I write to you, fathers, that's the last stage of glory. Before the Lord comes, before the great and terrible day of the Lord comes. What are those fathers going to do? It's the work of the ministry of Jesus 412. What are they doing? All the fathers will turn the hearts of the children to the fathers and the fathers to the children. It's the work of restoration, a restoration ministry to bring the body into the unity of the faith. Not different factions all over the place, chisms all over the place, heresies all over the place, denominations all over the place, but one body powerful, lifted up as one great army to preach this everlasting gospel to all the world for witness and all nations. And then we end will come. That's you. Listener, that's you. If you're in the body of Christ born again, 
The Word of God is stronger than you. He's calling you out for this work of the ministry. Not to be bound. Stand therefore in the liberty where Christ has made your feet. But not to take it again with your bondage. Not with denominational barriers. You can't do this or can't do that. The Bible believing of the Holy Ghost unto the unity of the faith. And when you step out on that faith, the Lord Jesus is going to meet you there, leading and guiding you. Say, Lord, somebody said, well, I don't know if I should do that or not. I really don't know. It's safe where I'm at. I like it where I'm at. I'm safe. They know me. I've been in this church for 30, 40, 50 years. This is my pew. This is where I sit every day. I know the, the pew, a lot of them have gang chairs, but there's whatever it is. You have your place that you sit. Everybody knows you. But the Lord now is calling you to that higher glory. Well, are you going to go? Are you going to sit there and be at ease in Zion? Jesus said, Woe be unto them that are at ease in Zion. I'll search Jerusalem with candles and punish all them that are settled on their leaves. The last day voice of Jesus is calling his people out. No barriers. No, no bondages. Literally, to the voice of God, the voice of the Lord being led and guided into all truth. And that body has to come together with speaking the same thing in the same mind and the unity of the faith. That is knowing him that's from the beginning is the work of the ministry. It's the work of uh, that ministry body of Christ. It's the ministry voice of Jesus going through the body of Christ. And that's what we're called for in the time, times I have three and a half years, 42 months of the ministry voice of Jesus uh, going to all the world for witness in all nations. And then the end will come. Somebody said, I'd like to know more about it. We're going to go into the work of the ministry and these living creatures in Revelation 4 and Revelation 5. Who are they? Who are these four and 20 elders uh, seated in heaven? What does it mean? Who are these four living creatures that are the redeemed of the Lord? What are these seals that were sealed in our forehead in that first seal there of a white horse rider when it's opened? Second seal of a red horse rider. What is that third seal of a black horse rider with a pair of balances in his hand? What are those uh, uh, measure wheat for a penny and three measures of barley for a penny? See, you're hurting out the oil and wine. What is the oil and wine harvest? Uh, why can't you hurt them? And then the fourth beast uh, said, come and see. And there was a pale horse and death went before him. And the th- uh, one fourth of the population were killed there by the peasant plagues uh, there in the earth. These will be what is going forth in the earth in the knowing him that's from the beginning. God is revealing that now. And you are that John. You are the Jehovah favorite. In Revelation 10, just as John the Baptist forerun Jesus' first coming, John will forerun Jesus' second coming in the spirit of Elijah. Just as Jesus said in John, to uh, the disciples of John the Baptist in Matthew 17, why does the disciples of John the Baptist say Elijah must first come? Jesus said Elijah truly must first come and restore all things. When those things are restored and we're led and guided into all truth, then the Lord will come. 
They have as much received Jesus to the times of the restitution of all things, Acts 3, 20 and 21. They're things that must come to pass before the Lord comes, before the great and terrible day of the Lord come in the ministry of Elijah. Turning the hearts of the fathers to the children, children to the fathers, and he does it through John, Jehovah favored, the body of Christ. John, in Revelation 10, he heard what the seven thunders uttered. He was about to write. He said, write it not. He was to get it from the book, from the word. That word, knowing him that's from the beginning, that word, him. All things were made by him. What? The word. And God said, and let there be. God said, let there be light. And there wasn't. God said, the word created and everything held together now by the word of his power. That word, there, whenever heaven and earth is on, fire melting with fervent heat, only the word, not one jot or one tittle of the word will fail. That word right there is him that is from the beginning. God is revealing that word in the sealing of his saints through that word. Seal my people by my word. The Lord spoke to us. It's by the word. We're nothing but shoe shine boys. Pop the rag and shine your shoes. We're servants to the body of Christ. But God is calling his people now for this great truth that he has sealing his people in their foreheads. The servants of God in their forehead, which is the final sealing as you see on the the high priest's garments after they are born according to the birth, a sealing, engraving of a signet that according to the birth, then it goes to the next engraving of a signet of the work of the ministry. And the final one is sealing the servants of the God. It's an engraving of a signet there on the mitre with a lace of blue upon the forehead of the high priest. That is the last sealing. That is Revelation 7, seal the servants of a God in their foreheads. God's doing it right now. For those that have an ear to hear, God's doing it right now. If you're stirred, give us a call. Write to me, Dennis Beard, Post Office Box 2906, Longview, Texas, zip code 75606. Contact us, DennisBeard.org. Know that the time is at hand. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. God's doing this now to those that have an ear to hear. John did not be able, was not able to write what the seventh thunder is uttered because he was told write it not. How is he going to get it? He's going to get it by the little book. The angel had a little book in his hand. He said, go take that little book out of the angel's hand and eat you all of it. Not a one verse, Charlie. Not just one verse, eat you all of that book. You're going to be led and guided into all truth. Then he came to that angel and said, give me the little book. The angel said, take it and eat it. It'll be sweet to your mouth as honey, but bitter to your belly. Nobody is going to give it to you. You've got to take it. You've got to take it as a believer. You've got to be fervent in everything you do. You can't be this... A lukewarm. You can't be Laodicean. You must be hot and not cold. He said, I would you were hot or cold because you're lukewarm. I'll spew you out of my mouth. The Lord has to be sought for earnestly, diligently there for us to enter into this last day glory that he's calling the body of Christ for right now. What did John do? 
Well, the kingdom of God suffers violence. The violence, take it by force. He's got to take that book. The law and the prophets were under John since that time. Men pressed their way into it. That's exactly what Paul said. Pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. You've got, you, believer, you've got to take it. And he took the book out of the angel's hand. That little book, the Bibliaridium, the Biblion is the whole word of God. The Bibliaridium, the little book, it is the revelation of Jesus Christ uh, that God gave unto him, John, to show unto us servants things which must shortly come to pass. He sent and signified it, signed it, an engraving of a signet unto, unto John, unto us his servants. There is the truth that he's doing now, the proceeding word of God from the throne of God in present truth. Walk in the light as he's in the light. John took that book out of the angel's hand. He ate it. He ate all of it. It was sweet to his mouth uh, as honey. What is that honey? In Psalm 19, it will tell you that the word of God is honey to the mouth. It is uh, that that circuit, uh, that perfect, the law of the Lord, uh, Psalm 19, verse 7, the law of the Lord is perfect. Converting the soul, the testimony of the Lord is sure. That testimony of Jesus, which is the spirit of prophecy. That is Revelation 19.10, making wise the simple. That is the statue of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes, having our eyes anointed with ourselves and the ears to hear and hearts to believe the word of God. The fear of the Lord is clean. Enduring forever the judgments of the Lord are true and righteous all together. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than fine gold. Here we go. Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. That is what John ate in the honey and the honeycomb. But I'm afraid in many churches, I'm afraid in many churches that to the full soul, he even loatheth the honeycomb. He doesn't want the honeycomb because he's full, satisfied. He doesn't want anything else. But to the hungry soul, if you're hungry and you're hungry for the Word of God, to the hungry soul, every bitter thing is sweet. Even though we're going to have single trumpets and vials, even so, come Lord Jesus. But to that to that full soul, the one that says, "Oh, I don't believe anything. I don't need anything. I don't want to hear anything about a further glory, anything the Lord's doing." I'm satisfied with butter. Well, to that hungry, to that hungry soul, ever better thing sweet. But to that soul that says, I don't really care. I don't want to hear it. To that soul that's that's already fed and has little nothing, even he loatheth a honeycomb. He doesn't want this honey. He doesn't want that revelation. It's sweet to your mouth, this honey. But it is a belly is bitter. Notice what he tells John in the spirit of Elijah. John, you must again prophesy before many nations, kindreds, tongues, and kings. There you are. There you are, believer. That's what you're called to do. God's sealing his saints right now. He's sealing the servants. Revelation 7. I was telling you again, you want to be a part of it? Give us a call. Visit the website. Sealinggodspeople.org. Yes, that's it, neighbor. God's sealing his people right now. You, the believer. Sealinggodspeople.org. Visit us. Let us hear from you. And until the next time, this is Dennis Spear at DennisSpear.org, sealinggodspeople.org. Until the next time, behold, 
the real Jesus.